One of the words that has been rattling around in my mind the last little while has been that of family, um, both in terms of our natural families that, that we are a part of, um, as well as our spiritual family, which is who we are when we gather as God's people. Uh, the summer uh, tends to provide unique, uh, somewhat informal opportunities to gather, even with our own, I'll, I'll just say, earthly, natural families, whether it's in the backyard, uh, whether it's at campsites, whether it's at the beach, or whether it's at the Armstrong Fair, where we were a few days ago with our family. Uh, summer sort of allows us uh, to enjoy our, our families in a way that makes summer a little bit special. Um, and so I would say that as we move into fall, that's probably something that I will miss about summer. Um, families have become increasingly complicated. Um, our culture, I think, uh, continues to find itself needing to redefine family. Uh, and that increasingly, family itself seems to have the fingerprints of man and the fingerprints of culture all over it. And it, in many ways, has made many families very complicated. Our spiritual family, the church, uh, us and others who are not with us this morning, um, I think is one that is really, in so many ways, less complicated. Um, that the church of God doesn't necessarily share all the restrictions, um, all the challenges, uh, even all the baggage that our natural families may tend to carry. Um, and you might say, well, one of the reasons for that is we don't actually have to live with each other 24 hours a day um, and there's some truth to that, but when we gather as God's family, we're gathering as a family that God himself is in control of. That the church of God, our spiritual family, is actually God's creation. And that God will sustain it, God will guide it, God will direct it. Um, church family, as we gather this morning, I, I think shares this profound simplicity of what it means to share a spiritual rebirth. In the Christian world, we often talk about being born again, which really is a spiritual rebirth of our heart and minds. And as a result of that spiritual rebirth, we are called sons and daughters of God. We are brothers and sisters. And I know very often when I communicate with people in my emails, I, I write it, Brother Doug. And I do that so intentionally because I really believe that that's how God, that's how the New Testament sees us within this family, that we are joint heirs, that we have quite literally been adopted by God as his people. We are his. Um, and as a church, our gathering 
this gathering or whenever even parts of the church gather. We actually are gathering in a unique way. And I would say we may very well share a sense of unity within the church concept of family that we may not necessarily experience within our earthly families. That what draws us together is God himself through the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus quite literally is the cornerstone of this family. What we hold inside us in the New Testament sometimes is called, it says we hold in these jars of clay, we hold an incredible treasure. That treasure is Christ. Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Bruxy Cavey, um, some of you may know him, a pastor out in, in, in Hamilton, Ontario. He says, you know, this treasure we hold is something that is intensely personal. That there may be sort of a private aspect to our relationship with God. But he said, within the church, this personal relationship is not meant to be celebrated only in private. It is meant to be celebrated as a church family. In Ephesians, Paul said this. And in this um, passage, there's this concept about Paul talking about who we are. It has some doctrinal things to say. At the same time, it talks very much about how we relate to one another, which is different than doctrine, but the two, I think, really need to go hand in hand. So I want to read it. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you as a church to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always, within the context of the church, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. That section there truly talks about how we should seek to live within this family. And then it goes on to say, for there is one body. It's one church. It's one spirit of God. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism that we share. One God and Father of all. Who is over all, in all, and living through all. It's interesting, so in this family that we are part of as children of God, in this family that we might hear called Creekside, we believe in humility, we believe in gentleness, we believe in patience, we believe in forgiveness, we seek to dwell in peace and we seek to dwell in unity. It would be an interesting verse just to sort of put up in a church and say this is how we as a people of God want to live. And I thought about that and I have been in homes where families have actually obviously had perhaps a conversation about 
how in this house do we want to live? How do we want to treat each other within the context of our own home? And I've got a couple of slides. This family statement probably needs a bit more work. This, this one sort of means like, okay, put on a show. Let's pretend that we're okay. Um, the second one, and well, I'll leave it, leave it up there for a while, and I'll just be quiet for a while to allow yourself to read it. In our home, we do second chances. We do thank yous, we do real, we do I'm sorry's, and we do love. We do laughter, and we do mistakes. We do respect, and we do happiness. We do dreams, and we do loud really well. We do grace, we do hugs, we do faith, we do family. Kind of like that. Now, Eva and I, with our family, never did have, you know, such uh, a board in our house or a chalkboard or a whatever. Uh, you know, and maybe we could have, maybe we should have. But I think any of you families who have something like that up in your home, and it's kind of done intentionally, and maybe sometimes done as a reminder to yourself and your children about how do we operate in this home? I think those are really good things. But it really is also a bit of a, an example of the church, about who we are called to be. Uh, I think we are a unique family. I think the church has always has been and always will be a unique family. And I think it's by and large the caring that we show for one another that invites other people to actually consider what we believe. Uh, that our doctrine very often is very much secondary to people than whether we actually show that we care and love one another. Um, I think it's so interesting that when we meet on Sundays, we don't meet because we share common interests. Uh, we don't meet because we share common pastimes or common hobbies necessarily. Uh, which makes the church very unique in, I would say, in a very beautiful way. As Christ followers, and I think most of us in this room would identify and say, you know what, that's who I seek to be. That's who I want to be. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have actually been given a spiritual role in both concepts of family that within our natural families at home, that God has given us a role to play. And just as much within the family of God, God has given us a role to play. Um, sometimes in our earthly families, as complicated or uncomplicated as that might be, God has actually positioned us in that role to be an example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Now, that may seem to be a a bit obvious or easy if, in fact, your family, you might say, is all-following. But if your family is a bit complicated, if your family has many who do not embrace faith, that role that God has given you within the context of your earthly family is huge. Jesus talked about the qualities of salt and light when he talked in Matthew. Add salt and add light to your food or your surroundings, and it automatically takes whatever is and makes it better. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. Now, that's the challenge, that's the calling we've been given. And I would say that's the challenge and calling we've been given in both families in which we may find ourselves. Salt and light, take what is, make it better for the glory of God. You know, and lately, I would say, even over the the summer, I've noticed a young couple doing exactly that within the context of their own family. And even in a way, drawing their own family to actually taste a bit of this family. Uh, I think those people are serving as ambassadors of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think when we talk about the church and we talk about family, I think the health of a local church can likely be measured by the degree, the degree to which people increasingly feel part of the spiritual family. And I thought about that when I think about the summer, as Chris talked about. We gave people lots of opportunity to jump ship. This summer, and even as we went into it, Uh, One of the things that I was a bit, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the wrong word, a bit concerned about was whether uh, whether people will still follow us or whether we'll say, "Uh, you know what, we'll take a break and come back when you figure out where you are going to land. But as Chris said, it, it, it became so clear to me over the summer that we identify as a group of people of God who call Creekside their church. And that people have simply continued to come. Um, As I thought about that, you know, uh, I think perhaps there are some new people who have occasionally come that we may have lost on the way, I don't know. Um, The one week, you know, we're up the hill. Next week we're in the park. Next week, we're in Memorial Hall, and all of a sudden, we're back here. Um, but yet, and even this morning, I was thinking, well, it's a long weekend. There's lots of excuses for people to say, well, one more week of camping. Uh, I need to go to IPE yet. Uh, and yet, so many people have come to identify as children of God. Uh, I find that incredibly um, encouraging. As fall approaches and churches gear up, I thought about that a lot this week too. Um, 
that there's sometimes an aspect about the church gearing up for fall that is very similar to, well, at school, gearing up for a new school year. Um, and I actually don't like that analogy. Like, I don't like it to feel like, oh, okay, now we're good to do church again because it's fall. Um, it gives me a somewhat unsettled and actually uncomfortable feeling um, that we can sort of begin to think of church as a spiritual dispensary. You know, we come here and we'll give you this program here or we'll give you, you can sign up for this here. And I find that way of thinking about the church, um, it troubles me and I find it a bit unsettling. Um, but I do continue to yearn for church that simply wants to express itself in life itself. That in the carrying on of life and all that that means, we want that to be who we are all the time. That it has very little at times to do with the programs we might offer, but it has everything to do with being a people who seek to dwell in unity and to spur one another on, the Bible says, to love and to good works. Um, and as I think about the church and I think about the sense of us increasingly feel like a spiritual family of God, those pictures inspire me and encourage me. And as I think about the fall for us as a church, I think anything we do that moves us in that direction to know one another, to love one another, to care for one another is something that for me, I would say, you know, we need to be full on in that direction. And I want to talk a bit more about that in probably on September 17th, about what that might look like, what that could look like within the context of Creekside Church. But I'm going to, I'm going to stop.